Chapter Fourteen of Stories of the Royal Humane Society by Frank Mundell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A Life for a Life. It has been said that if a list was made of the accidents which have taken place in England during the last fifty years, it would be found that a greater number have happened in workshops and factories than either on sea or land, above the earth or under the earth. Few people think what a host of dangers beset the workers in our large industrial centres, and when the news of some fatality reaches us, we are too apt to attribute the occurrence to carelessness and to fortify our conclusion with the well-worn saying, familiarity breeds contempt. Those who work in iron foundries run many risks over which they have no control. Not the least of these is occasioned by the noxious fumes which are thrown off by the molten metal in the process of manufacture. First, the ore is put into a blast furnace, with layers of coal and limestone to remove the earthy matters and impurities. As the ore melts, it runs down to the bottom part of the furnace. Through a hole, the molten metal is run off into sand moulds on the floor where it cools and becomes pig or cast iron. In this state it is very brittle and cannot be hammered. The pigs are next put into a cupola furnace to burn out the impurities which still remain and to render it fit to be hammered or rolled into plates. The cupola furnace is built of fire bricks embedded in fine clay, so that it can withstand the great heat to which it is subjected. On the 21st of September, 1883, the workmen of Deansgate Foundry, Bolton, had lighted the fire in the bottom of the cupola furnace and were busily engaged filling it up with pig iron, when some of the bricks were accidentally displaced. Owing to the great heat required to melt the pigs, it was necessary that the damage should be made good without delay. One of the men, named Thomas Howarth, undertook to repair the breach. He had almost finished his task when he was overpowered by the sulphurous fumes of the heating metal and fell insensible to the bottom of the cupola. His companions, knowing well that death by suffocation was only a question of a few minutes, stood staring at each other, the picture of helpless horror. The news of the occurrence soon spread through the foundry and reached the ears of William Brimelow, the son of the proprietor, a man known as a quiet home-loving fellow, who liked to listen rather than to talk. Few, if any, of his friends suspected that he was a man made for some great emergency, but such indeed was the case, as the result proved. Without a moment's delay, he rushed to the spot, and before anyone could prevent him, he had disappeared through the narrow opening which was used for charging the furnace. 
his fellow workmen lamented what they considered his rash action and thought sadly that two homes would now be desolate instead of one a ladder stood against the perpendicular side of the cupola and down this brimelow quickly made his way to the spot where his comrade was lying though howarth was a heavy man brimelow did not pause to consider his weight but seizing hold of him carried him to the foot of the ladder the real difficulty of the rescue now became apparent to ascend a perpendicular ladder is even under the most favourable conditions no easy task to do so carrying the insensible form of a man weighing nearly thirteen stone amounts almost to an impossibility considerations of this kind no doubt passed through brimelow's mind as he struggled to raise the heavy burden in his arms holding howarth against his chest with his right arm thus leaving his left free he began the ascent slowly and painfully he toiled towards the opening the strain on the muscles of his chest and shoulders was fearful and the wonder is that he held on in denser volume rose the poisonous vapours his breath came in short and painful gasps resolutely he battled against the fast increasing weakness which assailed him would he ever reach the top the whole occurrence only occupied a few minutes which however seemed like hours to the anxious watchers at the side of the cupola at last brimelow's arm was seen in the opening and willing hands quickly relieved him of his burden and assisted him off the ladder by this time howarth was to all appearance dead but the rescuer's work was not yet accomplished though himself sorely in need of attention he set about restoring animation to his comrade and at length his doubly gallant efforts were rewarded slowly but surely howarth revived and was little the worse for his terrible experience brimelow however was not equally fortunate the fumes had penetrated to every part of his system and that together with the terrible physical strain inflicted injuries from which he has never recovered greater love hath no man than this that a man lay down his life for his friend this is practically what brimelow did for since the day that he performed what has aptly been described as one of the most heroic feats of modern times he has not known what life really is months of weakness succeeded long days of pain and the occasion which found him a hero left him an invalid his gallant conduct was brought before the royal humane society and that institution awarded him the silver medal he so richly deserved End of chapter fourteen